and letting go of all those memories that I had made. And for for me, I know for some people it's not that hard because they remember all the bad. And yeah, oh man, there has been nasty memories. But at the same time, when I was alone in college, when I was learning to be an adult, when I was being a person and learning, you know, what it means to be a young woman in Minneapolis, I honestly made a lot of friends and a lot of connections with drinking and going to the bars. And it's just been, I think that's just the hardest part for me with sobriety. It's the hardest part saying goodbye to those memories. And I know I have said this before in my rant. But, God, I I understand why, you know, people are so stuck in the past. Because me, I'm stuck. I'm stuck in the past all the time, you know, and like, and it finally took me 10 years to get out of, you know, like, even forgiving my parents. That that shows that I'm super stuck in the past. And then, you know, for me trying to throw away these people that loved me and appreciated me too, maybe they really didn't. And maybe that's just my brain thinking that they did. But I, I made so many friends in these particular situations. And I just, uh, I'm not ready to say goodbye, but I have to, you know, I have to say goodbye. And I find myself wanting to escape. I'm finding myself wanting to start new and being like, you know what? I'm going to go to a different state, a different city where nobody knows me. And I just start new, which is dumb. (laughs) You know? It's dumb because you can't just start new. People are going to know you. But like in regards to my sobriety, you know, people would know me from the start. Like my fresh new start. Like my new person. Like this person that is controlled. This person that is strong. This person that is not tempted by things. You know, a person that has success and ambitions. You know. A person that is all these positive things. All these most positive things. And I want to be that person, you know. I want to be that person that everyone looks up to and is successful. And that's why I really appreciate everybody that has been listening to my podcast. I know it's difficult. And if... I just want you to know that if you have anyone in your life that is just really struggling with depression or really struggling with, like, their sobriety in general, please give them patience. Because I know that they love you. But you also have to do what is best for yourself. Sometimes people don't want to change. I know for me, I had to want to change. I forced myself to change. I didn't want to. Nobody wants to say goodbye to something that gives them comfort. Nobody wants to say goodbye to a self-medication. Nobody wants to say goodbye to... To something that maybe helps them get by in the day. You know? It's not... It's not easy. And to be sober is not easy. You know? 
Because when you're sober, you feel all the emotions that you were hiding for so long. You know, like all the years. Like me, I was an active alcoholic for years. For about 17 years of my life. And I have to, I'm regressed. I like, not regressed, but I'm like, you know, just discovering things that had hurt to me from my past. That I did not deal with in a natural or a normal way. And this is why addiction is dangerous. It is very dangerous. And you know why it's dangerous? Because it gives you so much emotional comfort that you think that you need. It gives you so much physical comfort even. It alters your brain and it makes you feel like you're on top of the world. And it's not good because that's not natural. Nobody is that privileged. Even the most articulate white heterosexual man is never that privileged that he can defeat depression. He's never that privileged where he can defeat addiction. No man, no woman is that strong. No person is ever going to fight this by themselves. <laughs> and it's frustrating. But it's also very wonderful. Because I know that I am alive and I work every day to enjoy my life because people genuinely looked at me and saw potential. I still to this day sometimes wonder what the hell they saw because for me, I didn't see anything. For me, I saw somebody who was abused. I saw somebody who was shameful. I saw somebody that was weak. And when I went about my life, There were people in my life that pushed me. They pushed me beyond my limits. They showed me compassion. They showed me love. And I think that's the main reason why I'm alive today. Is because there are constantly people that talk to me and ask me questions. And they are genuinely interested in my life and my struggles. Is it vulnerable? Oh yes. It's vulnerable. You don't want to share with people your struggles because you think that people are going to take advantage. But the, <laughs> this is what I'm realizing through sobriety. I always had an optimistic view of life regardless. That's a curse I guess I have. <laughs> It's a curse and a blessing. But I always tried to see the good in people. And I always tried to see the best in every situation. And I think the best thing for me personally is if it weren't for the people in my life that truly looked at me like a person and not a freak, that really motivates me to stand up for myself and to fight for myself. And I'm not going to get this to be all cheesy and shit. But I really just want people that are listening to hear me out. You know, like, addiction is powerful. Like, it's powerful how it manifests in your life. 
it's something that you have a positive like a positive interaction with you think you do you know it's in your brain it's like any drugs you think that you're having a great time you're having a great trip but in reality you're not you're not enjoying what's in front of you and I think a lot of people can relate people that have been abused people that have been raped people that have been you know hurt I think that they can all relate to this, that sometimes you have to dissociate, you know? Sometimes you have to, you know, to survive. And dissociation is a powerful thing. It's a great thing to survive if you're going through something traumatic. But once you're not going through something traumatic, it can be a curse, you know? And, oh, one thing that I learned today that was super fascinating is I learned something... Like, the harms of productivity. I thought this was so interesting because in my rehab, I talked to my counselor about how I always like to be productive. I always like to be on top of my game. I always like to be the best. I always like to, you know what I mean? I like to be as successful as my body and myself will allow because I like to push myself. I feel... I feel like a great human being when I'm understanding and I'm learning and I'm doing things that are productive. And that's a great thing, you know. It's a great thing because I'm constantly learning and I'm constantly being successful. But it can also be a toxic thing too. It can be toxic. And it can be toxic because I'm not giving the time for myself. Like relaxation? What's that? (laughs) Just kidding. I'm learning. I'm learning. And I'm learning to relax. I'm learning to take a deep breath. I'm learning to be mindful and be like, you know what? It's okay to be lazy. I think because in my brain, (laughs) I grew up in a uh, Hispanic household. My father always was like, hey, you have to be productive. You have to be doing something with your time. You know, don't be a lazy, don't be a lazy. And I always say that to myself. You know, I'm like, I'm not going to be a lazy. I'm not going to not do things, you know, because I'm tired. No, I'm still going to make money. I'm still going to work. I'm still going to do, you know, great things. But sometimes your brain needs a break. And I know it sounds, it sounds like self-explanatory, but it was not for me. For me, it was not self-explanatory. For me, I had to learn this. I had to learn that it was okay to sit down on the couch and relax for a second. It was okay to cry. Me, I, I don't like sharing my feelings. You know, and I think with rehab, this is why it's been such a struggle. Is because all the things that you've been trying to avoid and like get rid of or like... You know, all these emotions, all these things, (laughs) they're coming to the surface. And if your friend says that they're struggling with something like an addiction or something, just be patient. They might be emotional. They might be mean. They might be mad. They might cry all the time. They might be avoidant. They might be ashamed. They might not want to share with you what is going on. And it's okay. But honestly, like all the people 
that don't have addictions? I have to be real with you. You are the people that help the most. My my sister, she's never had... I'm not going to say she's never had, because we're only 28 years old. <laughs> but, oh, God forbid she does. But she's never had a problem so far with alcohol. You know? And she has just been such a great positive influence in my life. You know, at first I was ashamed when she was like, oh, no alcohol in the house. No, no drinking. No doing this. You know, setting boundaries. And at first I felt ashamed. I would cry. I would be like, you know, I'm a bad person. I can't do this. And it was... I don't know, I just... I just feel so normal at my home. I feel so normal being an addict. I feel so safe. It's kind of interesting because I um I lived in this house once that had like five rooms. Back in the day, college, you know, you had to be frugal. And... A lot of the people that was that were living with us, they had a lot of anxiety. Me? I'm not a person that really understands anxiety. I love people that have anxiety. Not like I love people that have anxiety, but I say, you know, I have people in my life that I love and they have anxiety. But for me, it doesn't come natural. Like, for me, I don't understand this anxiety. Um, I understand other things. But not anxiety too much. I'm the opposite. I don't. I don't overthink. I don't think at all. Actually, <laughs> maybe not the best thing. But maybe that's why I have a lot of friends with anxiety because, you know, for me, I never think. So for them, maybe that's calming. Anyway, um, and so we lived in this house. Um, out of, like, the five people, there were three people that had a significant amount of anxieties. To the point where it would physically show up, you know. They would feel so much anxiety that they would feel nauseated. And then they couldn't do anything. You know, one person was mad anxiety, you know. Like, rip things from the wall and just be very mad. You know, because it was hard to regulate themselves. Because they would feel this intense emotions. And it was beautiful because um, when we lived in this house, we actually created a space. I didn't go to this space because I really didn't have anxiety. <laughs> so I never really went to this space. But um, there was a space created for these people. And it was called the Anxiety Closet. And the anxiety closet was beautiful. It was a tiny little closet that was super dark. You could lock yourself in there and just close your eyes and be in pure darkness. Or you could turn on the light and play with the Play-Dohs. Or like, you know, look at the beautiful, like, dim lighting. Read, there was like magical books, you know, like fantasy, all sorts of genres. And it was really nice because you could go in there and... There was tons of pillows, tons of 
little things. There are blankets, you know, that you could cover yourself if you're feeling anxiety. And I just, like, it really opened my eyes because I was like, you know, instead of being like all these people have an issue and they have to get fixed, you know, like, these people, like, created a space for these people to regulate themselves and feel safe. And I I just, I always remember this because I never used that closet, but I know a lot of people did. And I, it just, that's how I feel with my addiction. You know, like, obviously, don't you have a place to use? Like, no shit. You know, like, that's a different topic. Like, some people, like, they want to continue using. And that's their choice. But some people don't. (laughs) And... I think that there has to just be spaces for their, the, these kind of people. And there are. There are spaces. And this is what I'm learning. There are spaces for these people. And like, I even learned recently that there are spaces for particular minorities. And LGBT people. LGBT people, I knew that because me, I'm part of that community. But like other like minorities and stuff like that. And I was like, man, I wish that people would broadcast more about these safe spaces. Just so people wouldn't feel so alone. Because for many years I felt so alone. And I wasn't aware that these spaces were right in front of me. To be utilized. You know? Such as rehab. Such as like AA. Such as like other groups. Um, such as like just standing up for your community. And, like, even if you're not part of a community, I think it's okay to learn about other communities. You know, even if you're not black, even if you're not native, even if you're not an alcoholic, even if you're not, you know, LGBT, even if you're not a woman. I think it's okay to learn about these places that you're not part of. And the reason why I think it's okay to learn about these things is because the more we know about them, the more we can have tolerance of those people. And the more that we can be aware that these people are people. They're not monsters. Certain drugs really make people into monsters. But deep down inside, we we are like all children. We all have... Uh, this child inside of us that just is dying to explore, dying to ex- succeed, dying to find love, dying to find happiness. Everybody wants the same damn thing, regardless of color, regardless of race. I can't think of another, a, a single person that would say, I don't want appreciation. I don't want love. I don't want understanding. I don't want comfort. I don't want food. I don't want happiness. No one says that. And I think that it's like, I just really appreciate people that are listening to this podcast. And I have said this already two times. I know, I know, I repeat myself. I know, I have short term memory. But I, I remember, <laughs> I am remembering. Um, But. 
I don't know. It's just very frustrating. And I, I'm, I really, the good thing is that people actually care and people are actually going out of their way, of their way to learn things. And I appreciate those people. Um, and I hope that everyone is doing great. Sorry, I haven't done many podcasts. It's just been hard to focus on everything. <sighs> you know, I, it's crazy. It's crazy how you alter one part of your life and the whole thing just is different. Um, but I hope everyone has a great night and I love you and thank you. Safest of travels.